Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. Today's guest is Claudia Gasson from Artist Talent. Claudia decided to set up her own recruitment company during the pandemic. She's had lots of experience. She's lived all around the world and she's got a real passion for travel. She's built up a remote team. She's getting into the podcasting side of things now. And I suppose she's trying to build a company that she would love to work in. So here's her story. As ever, this podcast is sponsored by Luxo and Sourcewell. And if you want to know anything more about the latest rec tech that's happening, please join our chat community on RecWired. If you're a recruitment founder, just hit me up on that. All right, over to Claudia. All right, and we're live. Welcome to the Recruiter Startup Podcast. I'm your host, Joel Tadaharty, here with Claudia Gasson from Artist Talent. How'd you come up with that name, Claudia? Well, you know, the good old cliche, check out um, a Latin name in a dictionary. <laughs> and uh, Artist means new beginnings or sunrise in Latin. All right. And what, yeah. led, what led you to setting up your own new beginning? Oh, great, great question. Um, ultimately, I had felt like I had worked in recruitment and technology for, for a while, but it wasn't really like pushing my buttons enough, wasn't challenging me enough. So thought, you know, why not just go for it and push yourself out of your comfort zone and just start your own company, see what happens. Yeah, I had you as a candidate when you were going through that process. I think I may have uh, told you to stop yeah. wasting my time and just go do it. Absolutely. I remember distinctly being sat in lockdown and <laughs> being sat on my sofa and you just saying, Claudia, just set up your own company. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. Yeah. You get to a point where you've you've done a few things and you have all like you would back then people are like, Well, they need to be able to come with their own book of business and they do two hundred and we'll pay them thirty grand. You're like, Well, if you can pay for yourself for six months and you can do all of that. And the yeah. market's challenging. You know, it makes sense. So, definitely. All right. So, artist talent was formed. Was it formed in lockdown? In lockdown. So, March 2020. Technically, I registered the business in December 2020. So, you know, that was like right in the peak. And I think I was just sat at home thinking, you know, I could just do this, I could do it for myself. And, yeah. you know, that was kind of the trigger, really, which is a pretty awesome opportunity, really. Why, why do more women not think the same way? Oh, good question. Imposter syndrome is the first thing that comes into my head, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think also a lot, like some women, when they are a little bit more advanced at my age, like when you're pushing like your 30s, have other commitments, i.e. childcare. And that's a huge, much more of a bigger risk mm-hmm. for them if they're paying, you know, a mortgage and have kids to look after and you know I might think they don't have the time or they don't have the capacity even you know to to do it or the money ultimately I think that's probably the biggest barrier for females mm-hmm. unfortunately although well, men I wonder problems, yeah <laughs> it's a it's I know it's a difficult question men have less of an imposter syndrome I think I think men yeah. typically think they're better than they are um <laughs> like from interviewing no comment women, 
<laughs> yeah, so so many men in recruitment over the years. Um, but it's a, it's always one that fascinates me because you maybe you're right. Maybe more women lean towards going into that internal world because there is more security. And mm-hmm. so I don't know, but you've done it. You have. Look, you took the risk. Has it been all plain sailing? Absolutely not. No, there have been multiple occasions where I have thrown it, like wanted to throw in the towel. Specifically, probably, I can think of two major times. So, at the beginning of this year, we were waiting on a lot of invoices to be paid, and it was like quite tight cash flow. And ultimately, we if everything came, it did all come in at once, but. At the time, I was just like, "This is this really worth it? Like, this is impacting mm. on my personal finance. Um, however, since then, like, as soon as I got those invoices paid, it completely changed the game. And I was just like, oh, my God, I've got so much cash to, like, reinvest in the business. And I made some awesome hires from that. And um, so that was definitely, like, a pivotal point. That was re- definitely cash flow related. Um, separately to that, um, we had an incident with a an awesome client of us like we were doing so well with them we we placed 15 people with them um they were a seed funded fintech company who um were going through serious scale up phase um unfortunately one of their investors was with Klarna and they had just everything kind of was falling out of place with Klarna at the beginning of this year um and then their investor then pulled out of their series a who was a major investor of theirs um, on that basis, unfortunately, it meant that we had five. I had a call with their VP of people and one of their senior salespeople on a Friday at 4 p.m. Nothing ever really good happens at that time. Um, so- <laughs> yeah. So I jumped on a, on a Zoom with them and they just said, look, we're going to have like You've got five starters who are starting. Unfortunately, we're going to have to pull the plug on those, um, which obviously isn't great. Um, subsequently, after that it turned out that things just got like progressively worse for them unfortunately which meant that they had made every single placement of ours redundant um which was about 15 people at that time um off the back of that they basically just ended up um not <laughs> we went into a bit of a legal battle because they hadn't paid a lot of our invoices um but uh, uh, it, eventually they managed to come out the other end and you know, we, we came to a really good settlement. So that was like the biggest challenge ever. You know, that was like hundreds of legal, thousands of Legal is tough. Did you, uh, did you engage a certain well-known recruitment lawyer? Or? Um, I did indeed. Um, I've forgotten their name now. That's awful. Um, but they're based in Brighton. <laughs> yeah. back door, was it Backdoor um, Barry? It wasn't Backdoor Barry, although I think I did reach out to them, but, um, and they did, give me some really good advice um but in the end I did go with another another firm but um they were really helpful and ultimately that was a big learning but off the back of that you know we really tried to pivot and use that to our advantage and yeah. you know one clients off the back of it so the people that we work with there moved to other businesses you know and yeah. we're working really well with them so you know that's you know where there's like real like issues and like you don't want that in the first year of business really um, you can guarantee I mean, you're going to get it though if you get off to a good start <laughs> yeah. it, does, it does happen so uh, yeah. these are VC backed companies did you have enough money saved up to start your company or did you have to go get funding or did anybody approach you about funding or like did you invest yeah. in that process yeah I actually looked at a few um, options so some who were like um, those like incubators 
um, who like give you a little support and all that kind of thing, but end up taking what, like 10% of your revenue or something like that. Um, I just in, in the end decided to just go ahead and do it myself, completely bootstrapped by myself um, with my own personal savings. So um, yeah, no, no external investment and everything was on me and I didn't get uh, any loans or anything like that. So it was just purely personal savings, which um, was interesting, but, Hey, I think it's going to give me a good ROI. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's a it's a gamble. Um, I speak to lots of people. Like, I think if you're going to get investment, like, I think you need to have a real growth strategy. If you're going to have like a, a lifestyle business, and I I don't mean that as an uh, like I I would consider also a lifestyle business. We're not being built to sell fifty hundred people or or any of that. I think taking money off people isn't a good idea. But if you're like after that dream exit and they're, and you're willing to put bums on the seat and do all of that and get all the money for that, then it, it makes sense. But without yeah. that, it doesn't. So Yeah, um, I know. I absolutely started the business with lifestyle in mind, with, you know, the opportunity to be fully remote and travel and all that good stuff. Yeah. So that was definitely my initial. But then and I thought it would just be me to begin with but then we got approached by businesses who wanted to scale and do you know 20 hires and all this kind of thing at, at once so I then recruited Simona who's based in the Philippines who's a digital nomad with us um so that kind of supported my what's a digital nomad um someone who can literally log on from a laptop with wi-fi and travel okay. that's all you need and be utilized oh. through technology okay and is she a recruiter as well or does she do your yeah. office? She's a recruiter. How do you like, like, does she stay in the one place for a long time? Or like, how do you, how do you make sure that like she's accountable and, and all of that's working fine? So Simona is pretty much fully in the Philippines. So she, she okay. moved out there about three years ago. So pre pandemic and she was traveling initially, but then got stuck in the Philippines. Mm. Subsequently, she's met someone in the Philippines and they have got married, which is awesome. Um, so she is there for, for now. Um, she will be, but she might look to move around a bit in, in the future. So, um, but in terms of like ensuring she stays accountable and all that good stuff, I mean. If she's in the one place, to... then it's fine. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's not too difficult. Tony, however, <laughs> likes to flit around a lot and she's yeah. worked from Barcelona, Albania, the Maldives. Um, and, and she's currently in Edinburgh right now. Um, but because she's such a, a strong performer, I never have any problem really with her going anywhere. The mm. only issue is that with she's going to she's asked me if she could work from Bali, which is a different time zone to really what she's been working on. And sometimes that works for us because we do have roles in, like, for example, in Singapore. Yeah. Um, and she can also get the West Coast from there in the morning. So um, on the US. So that works well from that perspective. But it's just making sure that our roles or work that we have at the moment is going to be conducive to mm. those time zones. So and also I told her she could only stay in Bali for a month. and then We will have a look at if she can then extend thereafter. Um, otherwise, I just don't want her to burn out if she's working really late into the evenings. So at the moment, you've got uh, one in ops, two in marketing, and two recruiters in you. Is that right? I've got three recruiters in me, and then we've got ops and marketing. Okay. 
three recruiters in you. How do you manage those guys? Like they're all fully remote. Do you guys like do daily meetings or like what what does that what does that look like from a communication standpoint? Because lots of people are like, oh, that sounds great, but how does it work in in practice? Sure. So we have a Monday objectives meeting. So we'll all log on at nine a.m. UK time and essentially set out objectives for the rest of the week. We'll then do a check in midweek on like a Wednesday, um, and then just see how we're progressing any bottlenecks and then we'll do the same thing on a on a thursday because we do a four-day working week um we also use like slack notion um and we have obviously a crm which is all obviously cloud-based i mean we work in the you work cloud, no a four-day working week this is insane you're insane yeah <laughs> yeah what are you doing <laughs> What if I've got all my team travelling around? I'm getting anxious. There's people all around the place. They're only working four days a week. <sighs> oh, you're losing. You're losing. Like, uh, so, and, and are they happier there? How did like? Do you think you get more out of them on the four days than you would on five or? Well, we're trialing it. We trialed it since August, and we're trialing it until the end of the year just to see how it goes, you know. Um, so, I mean, to be honest, we've had a better quarter, definitely in terms of performance than we did the like. Well, since we've implemented, has productivity gone up? Have we built more? Yes, mm-hmm. so far. So, you know, that's pretty good from that perspective. And I'm such a believer in not like not tiring yourself out. You know, I used to work my first ever recruitment role had to be in the office at like 7am you know working till 8pm in order to get you know european hours in and then finishing up on whatever times i will work proper on. order proper order <sighs> so like i don't want people in my team to be working that i yeah. want them to work literally the set hours and log off when they want when they need to or we just do flexible hours where they just shift their working day slightly to whatever time zone that they're working or wherever they yeah. are so I don't I don't want burnout. I'm very anti-burnout because I had burnout majorly previously. And I think that I don't want anyone to suffer in terms of like their mental health or anything like that. It's so important for me that everyone is like tip top, happy and enjoying what they do. Yeah. Does this scale? Does this scale? Yeah. Um, so far, it. I mean, I don't know. How, how how can I tell you that? I mean, I hope so. All See, the processes. Well, you can tell me. Is that in your strategic plan now? That. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, all of the processes that we have in place are documented on Notion. Everything is available. Um, so therefore, I'd like to think it can scale. Yeah, absolutely. We want to scale next year. We want to add probably six more headcount at least next year wow. in terms of recruiters. So that's the plan. And when you visualize what this business will look like, do, like what brands out there at the moment, like that, like do, do, do you model yourself on? Do you know what? I really do admire a brand that I used to work for, um, Salt, who are in multiple locations. So when I worked with them, I think they had eight or nine offices and now they've expanded to different offices but having that global brand where every people know who you are mm. um in mainly so for example for us like the EMEA region usa and apac yeah we have we have a lot of business that is grown organically through businesses that we work with 
in for example the uk and they want us to hire them for the us or yeah. or singapore so idea ideally we'd have someone in the u.s like a hub in the u.s a hub in apac and covering those regions from different locations like i'm quite happy as long as they're in that time zone um but ultimately yeah to have like a head of us head of apac and then head of uk and then build out the teams around that lovely but they're more of a traditional business they have offices and yeah they, like they're monday to friday they've kpis yes. and they've all, all of yeah. this stuff. how do you model your like how do you how do you visualize going from this nice beautiful little pod of people being happy and traveling and and that to it being salt is it is there some i don't necessarily want to get as big as salt are now i think i still want to stay like fairly boutiquey so um but i don't think any i don't know of any brand that offers the scale that we do i think we are the birth child of you know post-covid times if that makes sense and i don't think and those bigger organizations don't have the flexible or like yeah. they they are entrenched in what they have and they do offer flexibility i think but not as much as like we can yeah the, the business that pops to mind that you could model yourself on is katrina hutchison's joint talent um okay just they're fully remote they're in the rpo and they grew to like 200 post covid like super quick but right. they would have had a very like they would have been able to poach out heavy like big hitters in the internal world and then scale out those remote teams on that. So mm. it, it, it does scale. I know I'm breaking the balls a little bit. I was just trying to see where your head was at with it. Um, the the managing remote teams and remote recruiters is tricky. How, what type of tech are you using to, to make it all happen? So, well, at the moment we use, as I mentioned earlier, so Slack, Notion, um, we use Vonage as a cloud calling system and we use Leo as a CRM. Um, We are looking at changing our CRM because of like lack of reporting tools, to be honest. Like it's really important for me to analyze data and Leo really lacks in that respect. Sorry, Leo. (laughs) (laughs) This podcast um... is sponsored by Luxo. There we go. Um, so there you go. Yeah, I'm, I am looking to change that because of that. But yeah, because you need to have that data. You need to understand what everyone's doing on the day to day. Be able to look at a dashboard and just see, you know, okay, where are we at? What's happening? And all that good stuff. But within our objectives, we do do that on Notion. So we have those pages, which basically tracks everyone's movements, how many CVs they're sending out, interviews, and all that kind of thing. The, you've worked yourself. Um, give us a list of some of the places that you've done that, that you've logged on and, and worked work from over the last while um, so I spent a month in Lisbon last year um, yeah. I worked from Crete I worked from um, Barcelona, I worked from New York last week yeah. um, where else Italy up in the mountains which is pretty epic um, that's pretty epic, was that a nice moment? absolutely like you know you just you you kind of the traditional sense of working recruitment is like smashing the phone to a desk um but instead i was with my laptop looking out at mountains views by lake como it's absolutely delightful amazing so you know what why 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 is everybody not doing this 
because they have commitments with family maybe their partners that like have jobs which have to make them yeah. stick to where they are um you know even yeah. with if you have kids you can't be so mobile because they need to go to school or unless they're homeschooled um so i think those are probably like quite big factors that hold people back but i think honestly some people have a real lack of fear like just go and do it go live life the life that you want to live like what's yeah. holding you back um i think a lot of people are just scared to take that step and you know i've i've lived and moved abroad twice already lived in vancouver and i've lived in australia and i think that once you take that first step you build that confidence to absolutely just go for it and there's nothing that can hold you back and that without a doubt has helped me to start my own company like giving yeah, me in, in a confidence to like you know you, you've been scared before but just go for it what's the worst that can happen honestly you can always come back to wherever you were or what you were doing um when you're looking to build out this company um is it is it going to be done through experienced hires always because of the remote aspect yeah so i hired someone who didn't have as much who didn't have any recruitment experience prior and i think um whilst, yeah like she was awesome great girl but i think unfortunately i learned from that and i personally i didn't have the time or capability to be able to fully train someone um so moving forward i will only hire experienced hires now yeah yeah which makes it a bit tricky yeah. Until we scale and we have an L and D function. <laughs> it's a, it's it's a tough one, you know, because you figure out what your ideal persona is after after a while. Like, I'm sorry, but men just don't work out in our company. Um, mm -hmm. Like that. Well, you've met the girls, right? So yeah. Um, they're not too dissimilar to yourself in in many ways. Uh, you know. Like, I'm going to use the word confident, assertive. Um, <laughs> and I'll stop while I'm ahead. Um, but so we've, we, it took us a long time. And every time I go outside of it, it doesn't work. So we know that we've kind of got our engine room in the Philippines. And that's where a lot of our sourcers and ops and, and, and that side. And then I think the we have three senior recruiters in the eastern europe now and that's kind of that's kind of worked for us um have have you got the ideal persona down of the person who's going to be successful within your business so we do personality like myers-briggs tests just a real simple one whenever yeah. someone on, um comes on board with us i you know the tra traditional recruiter that you hire is a really like loud boisterous person or so it used to be I are, are they well this is the thing so i mean that's what i think a lot of people think that they should be i've hired a lot of introverts um who are incredible delivery like they are incredible in delivery and even on you know when it comes to account management and managing the clients and that kind of thing with my support and help i given them the confidence that actually they can do that side of things as well so I think it's all about, I think, honestly, hiring over um, rather than like experienced hires, I think someone's really engaged with me. Like if they message me, follow up and that kind of thing, that's a really good sign in, in a hiring process for me. Um, but also that they're hungry and they're excited about what we do and, we, and like how we do things differently. Because if you've 
just hire someone like who's a bit of a copy and paste job <laughs> that makes sense like I've gone from a corporate to a corporate to a corporate yeah. recruitment but like that would never work for us because we're all a little bit different like we celebrate our differences how we're not how like we're not we're challengers basically to the traditional recruitment um, model so there you go yeah it's a tricky one to get right um it, to go for the introverted type is is interesting I, mm. I i usually try and go for you know people who just give a shit and yeah. are diligent exactly. and yeah. are mature i find women are better than men what do you think do women make better recruiters than men it's going to be a highlight. I, well, I like to say that women have high levels of emotional intelligence, which goes a long way. Agree Do you not? No, not at all. <laughs> well, I, all. I, I, where, I'm inclined where, where to did you pull, Where did you pull that from? <laughs> have you been watching the same television again? <laughs> <laughs> I love a bit of Lorraine. No, I'm joking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't have time for Lorraine. Are you kidding? Um, no, I think, yeah, overall... I think with delivery side from what I've got with my team so yeah. far has been really effective. However, I will be looking to hire more business development focus um, individuals in the new year, which will be, I imagine it'll be a different character um, than, although I don't know, you never know. No. But I've worked with both introverted and extroverted recruiters who have been excellent. And I've worked with some wacky, wonderful recruiters with amazing character, but they help to get people to buy in because people remember them. Mm. So I love a bit of character. You know, I love something a little bit weird and unique about people because people remember them as so well. I think so how I find that women are better than men, um, it's not it's not on their on their ability to analyze anything or their emotional intelligence. I don't I don't believe that at all. Um, they're definitely just especially mothers, they're super diligent um, and they're hardworking and they're organized and they can follow a system and a process. And most men, me included, I find yeah. them to be a little bit too scattered. Now, the be the, there's yeah. amazing ma male recruiters out there. Just haven't been able to hire any. So it's... Uh, yeah. From my experience, I would absolutely agree with you. Women are much better at process men are not and I do struggle a bit with that because I'm quite I am process driven but I'm quite chaotic as well um, and I need a team around me that are able to push through the process in my because yeah, I have to do this a lot like do you have to build processes around you that almost like make up for your lack of skill in that that absolutely without a doubt and I've hired fabulous people who have inputted processes into the entire organization like i could have never dreamed of <laughs> so they have put the order in my chaos which is just a delight and also you know i work with the business coach as well on um what we speak once a week and talk about all the things that are going on in my world and she helps me put order to my chaos as well oh nice are there any women in the, the recruitment sphere that you've uh, you've looked up to that you've, you've come across well, I think it would be rude if I didn't mention a few of like my former colleagues because like for example, Emma Lohman at Salt, who runs the software sales desk, so technically my competitor. Um, we used to work together and we've done we've held women in, in sales events together um when we worked together and she was just an awesome human, um, and an incredible recruiter and knows so much about the industry and worked with amazing companies. So definitely her. Um other women 
that are lead or other recruitment organizations i can't really think of like too many because it is very male dominated unfortunately um i'm trying to think if there are any there are a lot of incredible like directors and managers but none like mm -hmm. no there's a real lack of female founders that i know about i'd love yeah. to know more and i'd love to network with more um so sam maxwell reed as well who um ran expand um so very similar to what we do as well. I recently met her at an event and we caught up and she was so supportive of what we do because also being a female founder, she it really resonated. So I would say her, but now she doesn't own that. Now she does some more consultancy work um, and and that kind of thing rather than because she sold her business through yeah. an MBO. But what, what, about, what about business people out there in the universe? Is there anybody that you've... Uh you've you've studied off or that that, that that has inspired you i've done a lot of i listen to loads of podcasts to be honest like so there isn't one in particular like i follow a lot of podcasts for example like the high performance podcast um um and also the i mean your podcast to be honest um <laughs> and a few I, other I, recruitment i've been meaning to get into the high performance podcast it's supposed to be really it's good really it is really good. I really recommend that. It's just like when you're walking the dog or doing whatever, it's just such a good time to really get, honestly. You don't I will really listen. walking the dog. You're doing a four-day week. <laughs> what do you mean I do on a Friday? <laughs> Friday is my walking the dog day now. It? Um, <laughs> it's just a really good time to process and come up with loads of ideas. And then I come up with all those ideas and send them on Slack to my ops manager. And she's like, Claudia, stop. Too many. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. there you go. well i hope you go and have a look at join talent now and just be pilfer yeah. their journey and they, i think they're in the sunday times last week so it's, it's i uh, think i've definitely heard of them I've, i, I I've think i can see their branding i've had her on my podcast she's really good so it's like they've done a better version of a couple of other well-known rpo brands i'm not gonna stamp on them <laughs> <laughs> um yes all right so if if you could do it all over again, what would you yeah. have done differently? Because you're Ooh. 18 months in? Yeah, about 18 months, just okay. over, yeah. Yeah, what would you do differently? That is a very good question. That would you, I have, would you have hired quicker, quicker? Would you have put more money into marketing quicker? Would you have Would you have, uh, would you have not gone down certain roads with certain clients? Is there... Yes, I think some clients have definitely been a waste of like well not a waste of time at all I think some clients we've had some experiences with but only me personally I think sometimes I've, I've definitely learned to be a little bit less not pushy but because I'm not a pushy recruiter but what I mean is where I've been advising them for example we work with a client who would only have people in the office five days a week and obviously that's not our personal ethos and I think we were posting loads about it on LinkedIn about being like remote working flexible working and probably hammering at home too much which didn't reflect our market so much which I think and then subsequently I told one of the clients like you need to be more flexible you need to at least do one one day from home for a week and then like they they kind of stopped working with us <laughs> I think that was too much for me hammering that home and they didn't really like that so much but the thing is that we wasted so much time like you know yeah. screening candidates that like and so that wasn't a profitable client because we wasted so many time, so much time, like screening twenty five candidates for one person to get forward. Wow, you know, I, what, and that just wasn't on. So now I know to just be like, okay, great, I'm far more selective about who we work with, and, and saying yes to everything. 
And now you've got the basic infrastructure in place. You've got your marketing, your apps, a couple of recruiters, you've got your process, your systems, a few major accounts, a few major accounts have dropped off. You're building your wider wider business from that. So you've had a lot of lessons, a lot of stuff. Where you're at now, if we catch up in 18 months' time, yeah, how big will you be? 18 months' time. I would like to say... 20 people headcount. Wow. Um, I think that we can scale with the work that we get in. The good thing is that I'm fairly, <laughs> I say this tentatively but confidently because a lot, like I'm very, very all about personal branding. I've got a lot of business off it. I won our big, like our biggest, one of our biggest accounts last year. Mm. As soon as I started the company, Bolt, um, off the back of a post that I put out on LinkedIn about being all about you know females in tech and all this kind of thing Mm -hmm. um and off the back of that i've won lots of business like we do get a lot of inbound business and if we keep that strategy ongoing and really shouty about our ethos and our beliefs and our personal brands individually and as a business i'm very confident that we can that is scalable to quite an extent because we do get a lot of inbound business from it so i'm all about that (laughs) um so I think that that is possible um and I'm up for it like I want to get to the next next sort of phase of scaling to that point so that would be the ideal and I'm all about manifestation so if I put that in the the universe and hopefully it'll come around Um, I have now I have to have to be accountable to it now all right so uh to finish off uh and thank you so much for coming on uh I think when I was starting out in Guatemala as a digital nomad and trying to put remote teams together. Like it was it, like, it's nice to see that other people are manifesting it in a, in a different, in a different way and better disciplines. And it, cause I, I always thought, Oh, this could work. it will be nice to see if you're able to continue on this four day week. Um, I probably work a four day week in honest. But, uh, <laughs> exactly. That's what not I'm officially, saying. not officially. <laughs> Four, four and a half days a week. That's what we were taught at Robert Walters. Um, but it's uh, it's, it's exciting to see the, the journey that you're on. If, if somebody's thinking of setting up by themselves, well, what advice would you give to them? Um, make sure you have enough run rate in terms of cash for at least six months. How much do we need? How much do we need? Well, like whatever their monthly expenses are and a bit more um, yeah. because – so that's probably what it would be so like what depends on what their mortgage is you know all that kind of stuff um but that's what i'd say is an absolute minimum um i would also honestly just say like what is the worst that can happen because you can always just go and get another job you know take the risk you're going to learn from it you're going to have massive highs massive lows but overall hopefully it'll be worth it all right thank you so much claudia (laughs) Well done on your success to date and we wish you the best in the future. Thanks so much.